You're listening to Dropping the Gloves with former NHL All-Star John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Dropping the Gloves. Thank you for joining us here. We really appreciate the support. Tim is also here. Tim, how are you doing? Oh, John, I'm doing well. How are you? Can't complain. Can't complain. Um, Gosh, you know, it's funny. I guess I can complain. (laughs) So I don't know if I told you this. You remember the whole toilet issue? all this fun stuff. Did I tell you that my septic backed up? Yeah, you did. You spent 20 minutes on it. Did I about how I got to fix it? Now I got to like, but the whole thing backed up. So now I have like a cesspool in my backyard. I, I talked about that. All right. So I, I did some remedies. I poured some stuff down my drain. I'm, I'm waiting to see the results of that, but I've already got lined up. One of my friends, he's got an excavator. So we're going to fix it if it doesn't work. So I didn't know if I, if I talked to you about it or not, because I'm still, <laughs> still dealing with, I'm still dealing with those issues, but anyways, you got a nice little tweet from a, a listener. What did, what did the, what did they yeah, say, Tim? It was an Instagram message and, and, you know, we got, you know, feedback all the time. It was great. And, and so we're going to touch on the Bennington thing. And so I got that sent to me by probably a dozen people, the incident last night with Jordan Stahl. And he goes, so he sent it to me. I said, yeah, we're going to talk about it today. And he goes, great. Most honest show there is. Great work and keep going. And and we've heard that before, like honest show where you got to speak your mind, whatever. But I never really asked about it. So I said, if you don't mind, like, what do you what do you mean by that? I'm just curious. And he said, you're not biased or pushed into some direction, but speak your mind freely without fear and true to what you what you yourselves think. So I'm glad that you think for yourself. Other podcasts, you can feel they speak what others said before them not their own true opinions what do you think uh, about that well i i we only have a few competitors right because there's a pecking order in hockey podcasts and i feel like all those other high-end podcasts are tied to the nhl or tnt or a bigger conglomerate and it almost plays into our favor where it's we don't we don't bow down in anybody like we don't no one's lining our pockets with sponsorship money from ESPN or Barstool or you know TNT or the NHL or Sportsnet where if you say something sideways you're going to get in trouble because Gary Bettman or whoever it may be says hey you can't talk about us like this so I I, I know who they're talking about and I, I'm friends with all those guys whether it's Elliot Friedman whether it's Jeff Merrick whether it's Paul Bissonnette whether it's Ryan Whitney all of these guys. You know, they they have to kind of mind their P's and Q's a little bit. You know, I know they go and talk about, yeah, effing and jeffing and this and that. And we're partying. We're doing this and that. They're not going to chirp hockey players. I tell you what. And this is no slight to them. It's just the nature of the beast where you don't want to bite the hand that feeds you. We don't get fed by anybody. <laughs> we're starving. <laughs> you know what I mean, Tim? So good. I'm I'm glad. That's what we're striving for here. I, I want to be honest. Tim wants to be honest. And that's that's the way I want to have our show. We we don't want to be nervous about talking bad about players. I, I I think we've made that very well known our first how many years now we've been doing this three, four years. So it's good because we're trying to do just very honest contents and just kind of 
tell it like it is. I don't want to be a slave to, I don't want to critique the Blackhawks because I played there for two years and I have friends on the team or I'm, I'm nervous because you came on the show. I'm not going to chirp you anymore. It is what it is. We, we have had times where we asked for interviews and he's like, Matt Zuccarello. He's like, I don't know if I want to come on because you talked trash about me last year. And I'm like, Zooks, what do you want me to do, man? Like <laughs> Kirill Kaprizov's a great A guy. You got to have players who can get him the puck. <laughs> My apologies. But I think players see I'm not, I'm not spouting BS. So that's nice. And it's weird that you responded to him, Tim. You were just lonely or you just wanted to get. <laughs> uh, well, Please talk to me. No, no, no. I, cause I've gotten, I always respond to the messages and, and, and I've heard that comment before. And I never really like, it was just, an, I was like, okay, well, what do you mean by that? Cause I'm just curious. And I think you're right. And I, you know, we've have been openly critical of players, including guests of the show. And some of those guys have, have heard what we said. Brendan Lemieux, perfect example, where like for a year, he was like, yeah, I heard what you said about me on the show when you talked about like him not scaring anyone like Tom Wilson away. And he's like, well, that didn't happen when I was on the Rangers. And and then he came on the show and defended his take. And he knows you're not saying out of any kind of spite or malice or with an agenda. You're just being critical and commenting on what you see. And I think most people appreciate that. I know our listeners do. So, yeah, it's good to hear. You guys, the, for the listeners, it would be, it would be really, I, I would never do this, but it's funny the back and forth because the way we reach out to players is either I text them directly or we go through social media avenues. That's it. Like it's, it's nothing high tech or groundbreaking, but the, the back and forths we've had with some people, it gets aggressive at times because they're just like, why would I come on your show? Or I just came on your show. or I did your show, this and that. And you're throwing me under the bus. And this, it's really funny. Players have very fragile egos and they don't like to be called out. I certainly didn't when I played, I hated it, but luckily podcasts weren't really a thing when I was playing to the extent that they are now. Like you would read the paper, you would watch Sportsnet, and that was it. You know, there was, there was no, daily recapping there was no people on youtube doing videos that's in the last 10 years i think the last five years it's gotten really popular you know what i mean so it's the guys hear about it they get it from their friends they get it from their family they get it from themselves they're just glued to their phone so if i do a clip and i say ah mitch marner sucks this and that he's gonna hear about it there's a pretty good chance he hears about it because they are all over social media. So we get some interesting back and forth. So we're like, Hey, you want to jump on the show? Like, why the hell would I come on your show? <laughs> you just well, like let me up. It's funny. And not only that, but guys will, and we won't, you know, off the record, but like guys, when you have a, a, a controversial take or openly critical of something off the ice or on the ice or whatever, guys will respond to you or text you being like, Hey, great point. Or like you were spot on. I totally agree. And they can't say that publicly, but I think you're saying what a lot of other people won't say. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I, whatever. I, I, I take a lot of flack for it because people just assume I'm just, and I, I don't want to beat this drum and you know, commend me this and that, but yeah, players respect when you just say it like it is. And you're, I don't want to say being negative, but just, like you said, saying it like it is, you call a spade a spade. Like that guy sucks. He's a dirty player. I'm going to say it. And you'll get text messages throughout the league saying, I know he's the worst. Thank you for saying that. Because a lot of <laughs> other podcasts cannot do that. Because if you critique a certain team, a certain player, you get your pee pee whacked by the higher ups because they want those teams and those players to be successful. So when I come at a guy on Toronto, a guy on Boston, a guy on New York on these big teams, if you're on another show, you wouldn't be able to do that. 
So there, that's the thing. There, there's, there's the good and bad of it. If, if we could make a lot more money, if we would align ourselves with a certain, you know, certain people, we could get more money potentially, but we wouldn't be as effective. I think so. There you go, Tim. Tell that person, whoever sent me that message. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. We will continue to strive for greatness. That's what it's all about. All right. Tim. The agenda says deja vu. What does that mean? Well, yeah. I, I'm look, I'm waking up this morning, watching all the highlights and news from last night. And I'm like, did this all happen yesterday? Cause I feel like it's happened almost every day this year. And so stop me if you've heard this before, but this is what happened yesterday. Jake, uh, Robertson scored a hat trick. Tage Thompson had a highlight real goal. Jordan Bennington did something stupid. The Flyers and Canucks lost. The Kraken won again on a goal from Beniers. Did we, is that the whole show? Did we wrap up it's, early? Do I copy and paste that segment and do it again next week? Like it's the same thing. It's crazy. These things are becoming just the norm for the season. Jason Robertson is the leading goal scorer in the NHL. This guy is a legit superstar. We need to get used to saying that. We need to get used to hearing it because he is unbelievable, Tim. Gets another three last night. What does he got? 22 on the season now? Oh, is he just incredible? That Dallas Stars team. I'm sorry. We talked about him on Wednesday. But <laughs> what else do you want on a team? What else do you want? And I and I feel bad because I've been sliding. Even Sagan's having a decent season. So I, I, I retract all of my statements this year about the Dallas Stars. Ben's playing fantastic. You corrected me, Tim. Tyler Sagan is playing good. Maybe not a $10 million guy good, but he's playing good. They're a fantastic team. Tage Thompson. He's just a, he's a highlight reel every single night he's on the ice. I think the people in Buffalo are spoiled. I think this guy needs to just, I don't know how he's not bigger. He should be on ESPN every single night, TSN every single night. They should just focus on him whenever you're watching a Buffalo Sabres game because he's fun to watch. He's just, he makes it look so effortless. And then Jordan Bennington. Let's just wait on him because I, this stinking, it's just unbelievable. And then the Seattle Kraken. What is that, eight in a row for them, Tim? They it's something are like that. Yeah. A good, ho- the streaks this year have been incredible. The Devils, the Bruins, now the Kraken on the opposite side, the losing streaks we're seeing from very good team teams. Excuse me. It's just been a streaky season. It's it's amazing. Who would have thought coming into this year, the Seattle Kraken would rip off eight in a row. The New Jersey Devils would be on the streak that they're on after losing two in a row to start the season. Everybody was just calling for their coach's head after losing two in a row. But it's, it's just amazing. But yes, like you said, every single day, it's like Bill Murray, Groundhog Day. Dude, have you ever seen that movie, Front to Back? No, no, I haven't. My dad used to talk about it all the time. It's like one of the funniest movies ever. It's a really good movie. There's this one point. Gosh, what's the guy's name? Bill Murray's Hal, Hal Henderson. One scene, he just like belts this guy right in the face because he's just trying different, different ways to not talk, to navigate this conversation with this guy who's just very annoying. One of the times he just like hauls off and punches him in the face and to get rid of him, he just acts really nice and touchy feeling and hugs him for a long. Anyways. All right. League roundup. Let's get to Jordan Bennington, Tim. I yes. said it what I said it last week, right? This guy is going to pick on somebody, he's going to do something the players are fed up with his antics. They are. The whole league is fed up with his antics. I guarantee you guys on his team are just sick and tired of what he does night in and night out, just making a spectacle of himself. 
this has to be because this is how he gets into the game. I believe that he plays at his best when he's on edge, when he's fired up, when he's pissed off, when he's engaged in the game, all facets, all facets of the game. The position, the position of a goaltender is strange because you go large periods of just inactivity. Power plays, you don't do anything. Your club's pressing, you don't do anything. Face-offs in the neutral zone, you kind of have to be aware, but you're not really in the game. I think Bennington does this just to stay in the game. He's pissed off. He's fuming. That gets him ready for a shot. Who knows? But he he's doing this on purpose every single game, and he did it again last night. The Carolina Hurricanes were in town. The St. Louis Blues weren't playing very well. Jordan Stahl, puck goes behind the net. Bennington goes out to try to play it. It's out of the trapezoid, so he can't grab it. So he makes a decision whether to go back to his net or to play the body on Jordan Stahl. Here's my question to you, Tim. If it's any other goal in the league, and they try to step in front of Jordan Stahl, does he just let them kind of bump him into the boards and not finish him? Because Stahl gives it back to Bennington. Well, if it's it's any fu- other goalie, does Jordan react the same way? Yeah, I was going to say, like, it's it's weird because Stahl, I don't think, was really expecting. Like, I think he knows he was there, but he's skating into him, heads down, eyes on the puck. I, think, I don't think he anticipated at all for Bennington to make that type of contact, which makes it that much funnier. He even throws his hands up after it. I'm watching it right now. He's like, what the heck was that? And again, we talked about this. Bennington's going to do something stupid, and now his teammates have to answer for it. And they didn't see what happened. They probably thought that Stahl ran their goalie over and they have to go, you know, take out the guy who did it. But that's not what happened. Bennington initiated the contact, gets totally tossed out of the, out of basically out of his skates. And now Stahl's got to push somebody around to, to answer for it. And he's probably, you know, pound for pound, one of the strongest guys in the league, especially on the puck. Jordan Stahl is very, he, he does this to people. And I don't know what Bennington was expecting or thought, thought he would throw his whole weight and surprise him, but he looked kind of like a moron last night. What's that old saying? Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. So he deserves it, you know, and maybe he did prevent the goal. I'm watching it. He's thinking the puck's going to enter his trapezoid. He can't get to it. It's going to be a penalty. He's in no man's land. If stall gets it, maybe he wraps it around. So he does have to, you know, make contact with stall, but people love this. People loved it because Bennington is a, is a dirtbag. He's a rat. He's your typical just wiener, weasel, rat who just gets under your skin and thinks he's so... You ever go to the bar and the no. guy is... You don't, <laughs> but people who are fun. You go to the bar, you're at a party, you're just... You're out with people. And there's the one guy who just thinks he's... his. His stuff doesn't stink. You know what I mean? He thinks he's just can't do anything wrong. He's so tough. He's just the cock of the walk, but he's just a complete loser, but he's always beaking this and that. And then one day he finds out because he just picks on the wrong guy. He says a little bit too much. And then he just gets drilled. He gets put to sleep. Bennington's that guy. I've said this many times before. He's probably what? 130 pounds, six foot. He's just, he's not tough. But he thinks he's like the toughest guy in the league, the way he walks around. And maybe he has to do that because he needs to be in that mentality, be a good goaltender. But every once in a while, you run into a guy you don't want to run into. And I'm not saying this was this instance. I still think he deserves a little bit more than this because this was incidental contact by Stahl. The more I watch it, you're right. Stahl doesn't even see him. He's playing the puck. He's like, what are you doing, bud? Get off me. Stahl, it's just like a gnat on Jordan Stahl's shoulder. It's like, beat it, nerd. Get out of my way. I'm playing hockey here. So. I still think 
Bennington needs to, you know, get taken behind the woodshed and shown what's what. But he's just one of those guys, Tim. Nobody likes him. You can see the defenseman. Who is at Falk? He turns around and goes, really, Jordan? Now I got to do this. Bennington's lying on the ground. Falk goes, ah, dang it. Now I got to go after Stahl, who's one of the most respected guys in all of the NHL. Like, what are we doing here, bud? Ah, the fans are happy. The reaction says it all. Everybody's elated that Bennington got laid out. Life is good. The Blues got smoked last night. So everybody's happy. Right? I would say so. I mean, like I said, more than a dozen people shared this with us or tagged us in it or whatever. And and they, someone even said, like, this is exactly what you guys said needed to happen. And, yeah, I think, honestly, I feel like something worse could happen. Where, where again, I've said that before, where he's going to do something even dumber and someone's going to get hurt having to answer for it. Here's what I want to happen. He's the king of bumping the other team's goaltender at the end of the period during intermission when they're skating to the bench. He's done it a few times. So petty. I want him to do that. And someone from the opposing team, grab him, bucket off one punch him. That's it. That's what needs to happen. So if I'm an opposing team and I'm a relative tough guy, the period's over and it happens when the blues are down because he wants to fire up his team or he's pissed off and this and that. He's going to make it like the other goal, team's goaltender has done anything to him. He's just a better goaltender than you are. So I want the opposing team's tough guy to just be hovering around your goaltender. And as soon as he bumps them, just, just drop them. Goaltender's helmets are easy to take off. You just flip under the chin and you just come right down Main Street. And he, he's going to go out. There, he, The guy is not tough. He's going to go down. I am... Whoever does that, I'll give you the $10,000. <laughs> They're right there. Standing offer to whoever does that. Ten grand coming from the Drop in the Gloves podcast. Boom. Done. That's a guarantee. Not in summer hockey. It has to be in NHL because there will be some joker who will just jump on the ice with Bennington and just <laughs> ram him through the boards and punch him out. Yeah, you owe me ten grand. He'll be in jail. No. has to be an NHL game. That stuff like between periods where he's like, yeah, just shouldering the other goalie or player for no reason. It's so petty, but you know that the refs like have this guy down pat now. You know they're they're basically there every time. They're watching him in these incidents. That's the book on Bennington. Yeah, and they want to prevent people getting hurt, prevent those types of incidents. So I don't think that anything could happen because I think they're right there always when he's skating to make sure something doesn't happen. Well, and there's a reason Stahl doesn't get a penalty. If this play happens to maybe 80% of the goalies in the league, there's a potential for a penalty. But everybody knows Bennington. They know his tricks. He's just like, you're a clown. Just stay in your net. Stop the puck. But like I, I keep saying it, maybe he needs to do this. So good on him for just getting himself into the game and getting fired up. And if that's what you have to do to save the puck, go for it. Play stupid games. You win stupid prizes. There'll be one time where he does this and the guy just snaps and says, enough of this junk, Jordan. I'm going to I'm going to beat the tar off you. But anyways, moving on. There was a little a return of sorts. The Calgary Flames were facing off against the Montreal Canadiens. A good old Canadian battle. Sean Monahan, first game back to Calgary. Yeah, he, he had a sorted history in Calgary. He, he had a weird career there where he started off fantastic high draft pick for the Flames and then just slowly started to suck didn't play very well 
got injured, couldn't stay healthy, just didn't work out, came back to Calgary. I was hoping they gave him a rousing round of applause because he it, it wasn't for a lack of trying with the Sean Monaghan. He wasn't out in the press chirping everybody, blaming his teammates, blaming his coaches, this and that. He really took it on the chin and said, I'm just not playing well. I have injuries. I'm sorry. You know, he came back. They gave him a very nice little jumbotron montage. The fans gave him a little round of applause. He started the game. It was really nice to see. Then he goes out, gets an assist, first shift. Here's, oh my gosh, did you see Markstrom on this play? Oh, brutal. What a brutal. way to start a game. Like, what the, what is going through your mind when it's a partial breakaway, a potential partial breakaway, and you come sliding out of your goaltender, the play's coming at you. And the pucks, it's a 50 50 puck. If you're coming out to play that puck, you have two options in my mind. You cover it and you slide out past the blue line, and you get a whistle, face off in your zone. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Do it. Or you come out, and you play the puck, and you get it outside of your blue line. You have to do one of those two things. If you come flying out, like Superman diving everywhere, not knowing where you're going to end up, and the puck just hits your hip and just gets pushed five feet in front of you, nowhere near the blue line, What's what's the next step after that? What do you do? You're on your back at the top of the circle and the puck is just a loose puck. What is the next step of that plan? Jakob Markstrom, you tell me because to start to get just I don't know. What did you think he was trying to do with that play? Well, whenever I see goalies make that play, uh, I always get nervous, and and they always make it. They always clear the puck, and I'm like, wow, that looks really hard, but maybe it's not that hard. And they and they practice that situation, and you hardly ever see a goalie mess it up the way that he made the way that he did. And to do it to score ten seconds, thirteen seconds into the game, it's just what after when you're already having like a struggling team and you got a visitor coming across the country, you should win that game. And yeah, it's frustrating, I think, for the players, but the players have plenty of work to do on their end, too. It's not like Markstrom's the only reason the Flames are struggling, but he's definitely a big part of it. Well, we talk about deja vu. The Calgary Flames, Daryl Sutter, he must just be beating his head against the wall every single night because you, you've seen this story before. You, you go out east, you outplay every single team you play against. You can't put the puck in the net. You get off that road trip, and what did he say? He says, our goalies suck, and we can't put the puck in the net. Our effort's there. Our compete's there. We're getting chances. We just can't seem to figure it out. We can't get out of our own way. That's what happened last night. They were the vastly better team. I caught big portions of this game. Calgary was way better, Tim. Every facet of the game. Montreal scores on a fluke goal to start the game, and then it was all Calgary after that. They were getting chance after chance after chance. They have this guy. Adam Rizika, he is really good. The guy's flying around the ice. I don't know where he came from, but he is he's incredible. He had so many grade A chances. I don't know how he missed. Maybe this is why I don't know about him, because he misses these chances all the time. But boy, he played great. Lindholm had a ton of chances. Caudry had a ton of chances. Toffoli had a ton of chances. Huberto, Backlund, everybody on their team had grade. A chances. Coleman had a breakaway. 
everybody, Tim, should have got a goal for the Calgary Flames. Everybody, everybody, Tim. And they can't score. We talked about this last week. We talked about this two weeks ago. We talked about this a month ago. At what point can we just say they need to get a goal score? I don't know. I know Markstrom's not having a great season. That's well documented. Daryl Sutter has made that publicly known. He needs to play better. He only gave up two. I know he only had 19 shots against. The first goal was a joke. But if you only give up two goals, yeah, you should probably win that game the way the NHL is at right now with the goals. That's not bad. They have to find a way to start scoring more goals. They put 46 shots on net. They're fourth in the NHL in shots per game at almost 35, but they're 22nd in goals per game. Something's not working, Tim. They need to either get a shooting coach. They need to start getting to the crease more. They need to make it difficult on opposing teams' goaltenders. But when I watch the Flames play, they're getting grade A chances. These aren't shots from the point. These aren't shots from the side. These are high, like, danger area shots that they're getting. They just can't score. And I I don't know what the answer is because I I went back and looked at all the players or shooting percentages because I just figured there would be a massive disparity between this year and their career averages. They're fairly close. All of these guys, Lindholm, Kadri, Toffoli, Huberto, Backlund, everybody, Mangiapani, they're fairly close to their career average shooting percentages. So what does that mean? They need to get some goal scores. They need to they need to somehow make a trade, change the way they play the game, change the way they play in the offensive zone. I don't know. But it's it's becoming it's not an outlier now. It's the norm. They outplay a team, they outshoot a team, they're better than the team, but they can't score. So something needs to change in Calgary, Tim. What do you think the answer could be with these guys? Because it's it's not working. And the season's not getting any shorter. Next thing you know, you're going to be into January. And if you're out of a playoff spot in January, it's it's tough. My dream of a battle of Alberta is slowly slipping away because Calgary and Edmonton are just, they're not playing great. Calgary's a 500 team right now, Tim. 10-10-3. It, it's not looking good for them. They, they have to turn things around. I know. What, what are the answers for them? Well, you, you look at their roster, and, and Huberto might be the exception here, but none of those guys are really like the go-to guy with the puck. They've all been pretty much complementary players their entire career. Like Lindholm has always had played with Goudreau and was recently Kachuk, and then Toffoli has been probably a second-line goal scorer. And Nazem Kadri has always been a second, sometimes third-line center. And then now they're all expected they are the guys. And Huberto is probably the one exception, but even him, he was always a pass first guy. And a lot of his points is I think we're seeing is with his chemistry with Barkov and the, the offensive structure in Florida. And so now all these like second line players or one B type players or whatever are now expected to drive the offense. And it's just not working. I think, I think you're probably right. They do need a goal scorer. They need a guy who's going to say, give me the puck and I'll go make something happen. A la a Matthew Kachuk, but obviously that didn't work out. Oh, a guy like an Alex Galchenyuk, just a proven goal scorer. <laughs> yeah. You just give him the puck yeah. in the right spot and he's going to score. Gosh, they, they need a guy like him, don't you think? He would fit perfectly in Calgary. Gosh, too bad. He just said, where did he just sign? Colorado? Oh, yeah. He did it again. They keep, they keep doing it, Tim. They keep doing it to Calgary. It's really too bad. All right. A first happened this week in the NHL. 
players go to restricted free agency. They negotiate with the club. Some players go to arbitration. Inevitably, a deal happens. That That is always the way it goes. Not this year. The Ottawa Senators, what's his first name? Alex Formenton? I think so, yeah. They could not come to an agreement on a contract. He will now miss the entire season. He's free to sign on an AHL-only contract. He's free to sign in Europe, whatever it may be. But he will not play another NHL game this season. That window was passed. Now, you ask yourself why. Why does a player who is from the Ottawa area, he's a very good hockey player. I think he had 34, 40 points last year. I don't have the stats in front of me, but he's good. He's an, a dynamo on the penalty kill, and he's a good NHL player. Why does this happen? Well, we haven't talked about it very much. We haven't talked about it at all, actually. The 2008 Canadian World Juniors team. 18. 18, 2018, excuse me. They got into some trouble. They did some stuff. I don't even know. I know people have talked about it. There's been articles written about it. I, They did bad stuff. He was a part of that team. Every other p- person of that team has released a statement. They've said something. They've they said we weren't involved in whatever's going on, except for Formentin. That to me is an issue. So the reason he hasn't signed is because of that. There's something that's going to come down, and he's going to get in trouble. There's going to be a criminal proceeding. Something's going on with him. One GM in the NHL said there's too much risk at this time to trade for this guy. There you go. That That's your answer. With, uh, there's nothing else to say. He's a good player. He did something stupid, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. You're an idiot. You did something wrong, potentially something very terrible. When the facts come out, you get what you deserve, baby. So anything else to, to say on this? Because the senators are not afraid to give out contracts. They sign everybody to eight-year deals. If you show a, a glimmer of potential, you get an eight-year deal from the Ottawa Senators, and they're not giving one to him. So they must know something that we don't know. Apparently, the NHL has already conducted their investigation. What they're waiting on now is for the London Regional Police to coordinate with them, and then they're going to simultaneously release everything, and it's going to be this big unveiling and I don't know if they're going to arrest people or whatever is happening, but they're waiting until the London police do their investigation because I guess the allegations happened in London where the World Junior Championships were happening happening in 2018. Apparently, I was busy during those years, so I, I really wasn't paying attention to anything at all. So, I don't know. We'll see what happens. But if he did something bad, good. Kick him out. We got to find someone else. We'll find someone better to, to take his spot and they can make his money. Any other thoughts on this, Tim? Nope. Nope. It's a luxury to play in the NHL, isn't it? Like there's a million other people who would take your spot. I don't know why it's like, ah, we're cool. We get to do this and that. Let's do something stupid. It's like, you guys are so incredibly lucky. The NHL needs to have some, they, they, they do have presentations for players on, you know, money, uh, how do you know, don't drink and drive this, all this other stuff. They need to have something that involves how to, you know, act at parties and treat women and this and that. I'm not saying this is the norm, 
But today's culture, it's just really bad. How I don't want to go down that road because it's just it's bad. They need to address this because it's becoming more and more common for. Okay, moving on. I don't want to address it. It's just I get fired up thinking about this because he's a good hockey player and he's just an idiot because he doesn't know better. He thinks he's trying to be cool and I'm the man. I'm the king of the world. YOLO, bro. It's like, no, you're a douche. And you should just realize you're super lucky to be where you're at. And instead of throwing all the way because you want to impress your buddies and uh, alpha male, this and that, it's like, no, just do your job. Go have fun and go home. You know, whatever. All right, Tim, the Winnipeg Jets. We haven't talked about them very much. Why not? What's going on in Winnipeg? Uh, they're putting together quite a great season. Great season. We talked about Hellebuck. He's eleven and five with three shutouts on the year. He's probably the number one Vezina candidate right now, um, up there with a couple other names. But I think if the season ends now, it's it's his trophy. And they are playing really well. They have the second fewest goals against in the entire league. And here's a player that no one I haven't seen anyone talk about it outside of maybe Winnipeg, the Winnipeg market. Josh Morrissey has 25 points in 21 games this year. He's a defenseman. Why is no one talking about how unreal his start is beyond me? And then you have guys like their, you know, their star players, Kyle Connor, Dubois, Shifley, Wheeler, all hovering around a point per game, plus or minus a point or two. They're a good team. John, and I feel like maybe we haven't put enough time on them. We're taking them seriously enough because I think they're probably one of the top tier teams in the West. And that kind of brings the question, like, how highly do you regard them in, in the league? If you look across the whole league, they're number 10 in points. If you look across just the West, they climb probably to four. four. Do you put them in that upper echelon of West Conference teams? Like, where do you what do you think of this guy, of this group? Well, and, and they've only played 21 games. So once they get to 25, 26 games, like everybody else has played in the West, they could potentially be in first place in the West once they make up those games. So they, the thing with the Winnipeg Jets that I, I have hesitation is we've watched this movie before. We And then they just tank. Something happens and they just fold. Everybody, I thought they were going to be in implosion after implosion this year after they stripped the captaincy from Blake Wheeler. I thought this team was doomed. You got to give them credit. They're playing very, very good hockey. And they don't have any reason to. A big reason is, like you mentioned, Connor Hellbuck's playing fantastic. He's playing better than he usually plays. And that says something because this guy is, he's a very, very good hockey player. Shifley's having a good season. Morrissey's playing good. They have no business to be where they're at, but they're just playing good hockey. So uh, I'm not ready to drink the Kool-Aid just yet. I, I've been burned by this team. They've been my Stanley Cup pick for many years. When they had better teams, when they had the best defense in the NHL and Connor Hellebuck and good young fast forwards. Now those forwards are older. Now that defense isn't as good. Now Connor Hellebuck is older, but still as good. So I, I like, I don't know. They're playing very, very good. Pierre-Luc Dubois is finally showing a little bit of his potential. Kyle Connor, everybody knows how good he is. He's going to heat up and start scoring goals because he's not even scoring at this point. But yeah, I don't know. What is it the West? Is, are they taking advantage of weaker opponents? I don't think so. They're just playing really good hockey. I don't think that I, I can't buy in just yet, Tim. I can't. I'm not going to so let myself do it. 
So in your eyes, there's still a tier below like the Stars, the Knights, the Avalanche, teams like that? <sighs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, they are. They are. If if I'm looking strictly the West, and I know it's crazy, and uh, I got Calgary, I got Vegas, and I have Dallas and Colorado. Those are the four to me that are are coming out of the West. If If you had to ask me today, pick a team. It would be one of those four. See, I do think I think they're better than Calgary, but I do think they're a tier below those other teams. And so I'm a little hesitant to say that they're a legit threat, but you have to give them credit for what they've done so far. And I think they'll continue it. If Hellebuck keeps it up, what a bounce back season he's had after a subpar season last year. And if they're getting this type of production up and down the lineup, you got to think that they'll be dangerous. Yeah, well, yeah. Of course, if they continue to produce and Hellebuck continues to play the way he's playing, he's leading the league in shutouts. He's third in save percentage. He's top 10 in goals against average. Their defense isn't terrible. They're not like they're not going to win any awards, but Morrissey and Dylan DeMello is DeMello. I played with him in San Jose. He's a good defenseman, not a first pairing defenseman, but he's making it work. Brendan Dillon, Neil Pionk. Pionk is a great defenseman. Brendan Dillon knows his job. He's a, he's a very, very good defenseman. Dylan just, Plays his role. He's a physical defenseman, doesn't get caught at a position very often. Then you got Nate Schmidt, who is just, he goes, man. He's a gamer. He gets the puck and he goes, and he's just very energetic. That's his style of play. But I don't know. I, I just, I, I can't trust them yet. You know, I've been burned too many times by these Winnipeg Jets. They're playing great. I'm not going to dump on them. They got a quality D-man in Morrissey. They're strong down the middle. I like their center. They got Shifley. They got Dubois. I love Adam Lowry. I think he's a fantastic center. Is he making a little bit too much money? Probably 3.25 for a guy who is just very physical, doesn't put him any points on the board. That's maybe a little bit much for him, but he's. I, I, I love the way he plays the game. And they got a fantastic goaltender. So they have all the, the ingredients. I just can't trust them, Tim. I'm sorry. Not not yet. Not yet. And when I can't trust somebody, you know what I do? I use DoorDash. And you should you should use DoorDash too. And guess what? You can use our promo code to save a lot of money. Promo code GloveDDUS if you're in the US of A. Get 25% off. You get free delivery. And it's the same in Canada. You get 25% off free delivery. You just use promo code GlovesDD. DoorDash is the best. You know this. We've been beating this drum for years now. They're fantastic. We love them. I hope they love us because they're just, we only pair up with the creme de la creme de la creme of companies. And DoorDash is that. Use our promo code, save yourself some money, get yourself some food. It's fantastic. All right, Tim, we got some quick hits, some bad news. My fantasy team is flying, absolutely flying. And I've been dealt a very, 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 very big blow. Thatcher Demko out with an injury, going to have hip surgery done for this season, potentially career over. I might be exaggerating things a little bit, but he's done for this season. You're saying that already? Where are you, where are you getting that? That's true, Demko? Yeah. Serious hip injury. I don't know. I'm just speculating. <laughs> okay. We'll make that clear. Cause I, he, so he left the game last night, kind of not, didn't look good. And I don't think it was, there was a little bit of incidental contact, but I don't think it was because of the contact. And aren't like the lower half leg injuries that don't come from contact, aren't they scarier? Because like, you know, yeah. it's something is messed up inside, right? Well, he um, grabs his hip right away. So that that's yeah. why I'm speculating it's a hip injury. And usually goaltenders or hips are, you know, your leg's not supposed to bend that way. 
when you're a person. So I think it's a hip injury. I I think he's going to be in some trouble, but who knows? I'm speculating. Don't take it for anything, but that's what I think is going on. So he's done. My fantasy team now is done because he was my gosh, just my cornerstone. He was so incredibly good. All right. Toronto Maple Leafs, Mitch Marner. Franchise record tying 18 game in a row gets a point in overtime for the Toronto Maple Leafs. They give him a shower of Gatorade and water after the game. Can someone please just validate to me what I've been saying for a few years now, as much as I dump on the Toronto Maple Leafs, as much as they, this and that Mitch Marner is their best player. He's their best player. He's not their most integral player. I think that's John Tavares, but when it just comes down to brass tacks, who your most skilled player is, it's Mitch Marner. Does that make sense? No, it doesn't. I think they need John Tavares, what he brings his totality to the game. I think he's a better overall player, but Mitch Marner is their most talented player. He's If I'm going to take one player off that team who's the most skilled, it's Marner. Let me throw a name at you. Austin okay. Matthews. Morgan is... Riley. No. Jake, no, no. Jake Gardner. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Nick Antipal. Have you noticed they haven't won a playoff series since they traded Jake Gardner? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but neither is he. Honestly, no. Uh, it's a cool, it's a cool streak. It's a cool record. Marner's obviously an incredible player, but Matthews is their best player. Let's. What are you bringing up, Nick Antropov for? You're throwing out random Leaf players now. What's he's the same as Gardner? Matt you want to know who's and... a cool guy? You want to know who's really cool? Who? Nick Antropov. Me and is him he? are friends. He's an unbelievable guy. I love Nick Antropov. Every time I go to Toronto, every time I do an event, he's there, and inevitably. Me and I, me and him just end up finding each other and drinking beers and hanging out. He's a fantastic dude. He's awesome. Love that guy. So were you teammates at all? No, he's just a cool dude, man. He's just a cool, cool dude. And I like him. Cool, man. I like hanging out with cool dudes. You know who else is cool? Steven Stamkos. He just got his 1000 point. Big deal. Yes. Yes. It's, it's, it's a bigger deal than a thousand games. So it's, it's a big deal. Oh yeah, a thousand games. They give that out like candy now. Everybody gets a thousand games. Basically, if you start in the NHL now and you're a first round draft pick, you you already get a thousand games. That's the way it works now because everybody's so healthy and everybody's willing to give someone a second chance. Uh, you were drafted first round in 2014. Oh yeah, we'll give you a deal. Come on over. We'll we'll fix you. We'll fix you into the player that you were in juniors when you scored 47 goals for the Peterborough Peets. We'll figure it out. Those other 12 teams? No, no, no. They don't know what they're doing. But we, we have the key to your success. Come with us. We will turn you into the NHL player that you are meant to be. All right. Calgary Avalanche. Calgary Avalanche. What an idiot I am. Colorado Avalanche. Getting some good news. Landis uh, skating for the first time. Targeting a January return. They need him to be back. They really do. They've been struggling and struggling for the avalanches, you know, 500. Once he comes back, then we'll see the true Colorado avalanche. Cause yeah, like I said, they're not playing avalanche hockey. So any other thoughts on that, Tim? Uh, no, obviously he had the off season surgery. He skated for just 10 minutes yesterday. Um, just the first time returning to the ice this year since the surgery. So it's a good step still a ways off from returning, but you're right. They totally need him back. Totally. All right, everybody. Totally, man. That is that for this podcast, and that's it for this week. I hope everybody has a good week and go out there, have some fun, make a difference. We'll see everybody on Wednesday. Cheers.
Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Delivered by DoorDash.